Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Mailbag Monday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyce and, and Mario Tirabasi. Steven is back uh, producing the show in our sauna-like studios in the West Loop. <laughs> More HVAC problems have us working remotely today. And a bit of a heads up, uh, I am in like a severe thunderstorm warning right now. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's it uh, black. It's God's call, not ours. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I just saw the uh, the alert and it's got like tornado-like winds going on uh, in that area. So everyone... It is, uh, it is very dark outside right now by me. Yeah. So uh, I'm and in hindsight, I am a-okay with today being an unexpected remote show so yes. if anybody was yeah. uh hoping to tune in for chicago wolves head coach brock sheehan he will actually be joining us wednesday now in studio so we'll still plan on having our buddy brock in studio uh wednesday at 1 30 yeah we got a big week of stuff going on so yeah wednesday we've got brock sheehan thursday we're going to talk to Corey pronman from the athletic uh who is all over the prospects uh in the in all the systems um, in hockey uh, yep. Tomorrow, the three of us have an awesome opportunity to paint the United Center ice before they lay down the uh, actual the entire ice. ice will be painted yes. by the three of us. So. We're going to have a very, uh, very long show tomorrow as we live stream the ice painting. <laughs> and if you saw our artist renditions of our what our new jerseys could look like, yeah, that's United true. Center ice is going to look like crap this year. <laughs> we, the center ice logo will be a giant C, and that's it. It'll be a big stick figure. <laughs> I have talked about my lack of precision with anything like artistic you mm. want me to lift something i'm your guy you want me to do something with any form of delicacy for, forget no. it it's just, just give me give me like a four inch square in the middle of the blue line and i got you covered. <laughs> right just yeah <laughs> anything it's, else you know what though i am we got the email for that last week and i legitimately got like goosebumps for that opportunity i've always seen those videos they make every year and i've always dreamed of like wow how cool would it be to have that opportunity to do that? And every game you watch, you say, I painted that feather or I painted that blue line or whatever. I don't know. It's so cool. I am so excited. I am so geeked about this. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same way, but uh, yeah, stuff like that, you know, like some people love memorabilia. Some people love, you know, whatever autographs. I'm a big experiences person. Like to me, the the coolest moment I've had, people ask me like, what was the greatest moment you had at the score? It was, well, going to some World Series games that the Cubs were playing in was very cool, but I got to walk out the tunnel at Notre Dame on game day. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. That like that is that is something that I will never ever forget. That's and really cool. I, I was with my buddy Nick Shepkowski, who's a big Notre Dame fan, and I, we just kept saying to each other, "Don't forget this. Like, don't forget this moment. Like, take yeah. it. we're trying to stay off our phones, not take pictures. Like, take it in." Mm-hmm. And we're like within like back padding distance of the players it was awesome so that sort of stuff is my favorite sort of stuff yeah. and this this is going to be right up there i'm so yeah, excited I'm, I'm looking forward to it i've always been fascinated but like how they paint the ice and even as a kid i was like how do they do that like do they you know so it'll be it's going to be fun to do that yeah. and then all season long up from the press box i'll be like hey that guy just skated over where i painted that's going to be fun um <laughs> i think one of my favorite experiences- seth jones tripped over my blue line <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Whoops. ice monster got him again um 
<laughs> yeah, I, but like, kind of like you're thinking there, Jay. Of, of like, I remember going to a Pearl Jam concert at Wrigley Field uh, in 2015 mm. and having uh, fan club tickets right, like in the pit, right in front of the stage, which was an awesome experience. Anyway, but just standing there during the show and realizing I'm standing literally in center field of Wrigley Field and kind of just turning around, going, "This is." Like something I dreamed about. I'm not playing baseball, but I'm literally still standing in center field or Wrigley Field, and this is effing awesome. I shouldn't be allowed here. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, where's security to usher me off this field? Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we were talking before the show about mailbag or uh, Top Shelf Tuesday topics. Maybe that's it. Cool sports experiences. We'll get some Mm -hmm. feedback from the fans. But while we have power and internet and lights on and all those good <laughs> things that are, are required for a show, why don't we get to our uh, Mailbag Monday segment? You yeah. can always email us, blackhawks at allchgo.com. It is the world's loneliest email because it's <laughs> way easier to just reply to a tweet or hit us up in Discord. Right. Discord, when you're a member at allchgo.com, gets you first priority on Mailbag Monday. So that's where we're going to start. If you want to get that priority and join our Discord, go to allchgo.com. Become a member, help us out. You get a free shirt, access to all of our great stuff. So it's win-win. Become a member, join the team, join the community. Uh, it's a great place to be. Sure. All that yeah. good stuff. Yeah, and if you want to email us, that's okay. Keep Steve, uh, Steve from Cicero Company in the CHGO inbox. Yeah, yeah. it's too soon to be blowing my. <laughs> <laughs> what? I like my, Steve. He's a good guy. Broadcast secrets. He, I, I hung out with him at that Pearl Jam concert. He's a great. Yeah. Dude. All right. Yeah. So, so I guess we'll we'll whiteboard for people. Steve <laughs> is my imaginary uh, emailer, Steve from Cicero, <laughs> because oftentimes we'll get ten versions of the same question, and I'll just aggregate the question, and it becomes Steve from Cicero. Or sometimes right. there's a question I want to talk about. That no one asked, and Steve from Cicero will also ask that. So, if you're one of the few to be watching, or you know, many, one of the many, but one of the people watching this YouTube, uh, you'll, you're finding out live. And now, when you hear you Steve go. from Cicero, you know. But you'll never know. Was it a made-up question or an aggregated one? Yeah, exactly. Well, the good news is you guys have been awesome the last few weeks, yeah. and Steve hasn't had to be yeah. pulled out from the magic hat. So Steve's uh, that's been on a, vacation. If you hate Steve's yep. questions, just keep asking him like you are in the chat, and we, we'll keep him quiet. All right, now to the actual Steven back in the studio. Why don't we go to our first question of the day? This is from Tony's BAC, which I assume is blood mm. alcohol content. Where would so. you rank Seth Jones league-wide as a defenseman? I have him around 15 or 20, but wonder if you guys agree. Also, if you have him there, why is his contract considered so terrible? It's a minor overpay if he's ranked in that range. Well, I'd say Tony's been listening to the uh, podcast before because that's what we say pretty much all the time when we talked about when we talk about Seth Jones's contract. It is a slight overpayment by about a million, million and a half. Yeah, and if he was under contract uh at eight million i think what he did last season people would be like hey good season from seth jones not well he had a lot of points sure that make making excuses for it um yeah i mean i know that the nhl network had their had their annual summer this is we we need some content generation here. Let's rank all these people. Should have put Steve um, from Cicero on. Yeah, they might as well have. <laughs> He's got thoughts. And uh, Seth Jones was not listed in the top twenty. I mean, when you when you rank players one through twenty, twenty five, fifty, whatever you want to do, you get caught in the weeds with a bunch of players outside of 
you know, different positions or, you know, just overall outside of maybe the top five, top 10 at a position, you're splitting hairs. Um, you know, are we, are we really going to, you know, fight tooth and nail between uh, Seth Jones and Drew Doughty? Or are we, are, you know, is, are, are they really that dissimilar that, you know, Drew Doughty's in the top 20 and Seth Jones isn't? I don't think so. Um, I think if you look at things by like, here's the tier of like absolute elite defenseman or player X, what Y Z, whatever. Here's the second tier where these guys are all number one defensemen unquestionably and so on and so forth. Seth Jones is probably towards the middle or bottom of that next tier where it's just like, yeah, he's a number one defenseman. Um, you know, is he 20, 25, 22, 17? He's in that range. Yeah, and I think also when you're talking about the rankings, it's it gets a little more complex because you say, well, like for instance, I got the list right here. I can go through it real quick. It's Makar, Hedman, Yossi, Fox, McAvoy, Latang, Ekblad, Devin Taves, Carlson, Heiskinen, Sider, Quinn Hughes, Slavin, Riley, Theodore, Wierenski, Dowdy, Darlene, Piet, uh, Pietrangelo. I don't know why you looked at that weird. And Brent Burns. Okay. But some of these guys, like Mo Sider, has had one really good year. Yeah. But they're looking right. at that and they're projecting it, right? They're saying three, four years from now, Sider could be one of the best defensemen in hockey, which is true. But it doesn't mean that if I had a, if it's, you know, you're winning one nothing with a minute left, would I rather have him or Seth Jones on the ice? Sure, it's a conversation. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not just like that's how when, when we rank these things, they used to do who are the best right now. That would be the the qualifier they would use. Is that not still the, th- I think, the qualifier? Uh, it doesn't. Oh, it does say right now, actually, on the yeah. graphic. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they're see, actually and doing that, though. See, and that's why I hate these things, because it's just like right now, right now in this stage of their career, is it, it you, are, Jacob Slavin is under Mo Sider? Uh, yeah. Project, right. Projecting the next five years? Yeah, I probably would take Mo Sider. But right now, if you're telling me, you know, like you said, Jay, like, like you have a one goal lead in the final minute of the game, who are you throwing on the ice? Mo Sider, or Jacob Slavin. I'm picking Jacob Slavin. Like, yeah, that's just that's just yeah. how I how how I perceive it to be. And I'm also probably picking Seth Jones too. Now, for five years from now, give me some Mo Sider. But um, right. that sounded like I was at the <laughs> Chris Kringle market. I hate these lists. Yeah. I hate lists. I hate restaurant critics. I hate movie <laughs> critics. It's all stupid. It's somebody's opinion. You either agree with it or you don't. It's their opinion. They have their right to say it. I have my right to see the link and go, yeah, I'm not going to read that because I don't care. I yeah. really don't care what the NHL network thinks about anything. To yeah. be honest with you, just well, give me the highlights. Give me some interviews. Keep your opinions to your own Twitter accounts. I don't care. People started. get upset about it. Like yeah. it's this. This is like. You know, and I'm not surprised Seth Jones is not on the top 20 list because he's to me, for whatever reasons, he is just I don't want to say criminally underrated, but like vastly underrated to the point where it's like, do you even watch what he does? Yeah. Have you watched him at all? He is not an elite defenseman. We'll never be an elite defenseman, but he's a number one. And I hate every time Seth Jones is mentioned. In my Twitter feed, there's always some guy holding a fish that says he's not a number one defenseman. What are you watching? Yeah. What are you watching? Especially on this team. If he's not the Blackhawks number one defenseman, I don't know what you're watching. Yeah. He is yeah. he plays the hardest minutes. He plays well. 
he, yeah, he didn't have the greatest season last year. Nobody did. That that first month of the season was atrocious for the entire team from top to bottom. He try he was trying too hard to justify the trade, to justify that contract. As the season went on, he got better and better. Yeah, you wanted him to score some more goals, especially on the power play. But he took all the top matchups. He played against everybody's best line. He played... 20, 22, 23, 25 minutes a night. That's folks. That's a number one defenseman. Yeah. He's, playing he almost, not, he's not a Norse trophy minutes. winner. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's doing everything a number one defenseman does. He mm-hmm. so stop that he's not a number one defenseman. He is. He is the Chicago Blackhawks number one defenseman. Now, Mario had a great point. When you do these these dumb lists, when you get past like 12. 15 is there much of a difference between 15 and 25 no you can just pick and plug and play and interchange mm-hmm. those players and you got the same guy essentially and jones is kind of in that i mean in top 20 if i had to rank him he'd be in the top 20 but he'd be in that 15 yeah. to 18 14 range that yep. you could say ah, maybe he's not as good you know who do you want this this year brent burns or seth jones I'm taking seth jones probably yeah, like that's not even a debate for me. And I like Brent Burns, but he is on the wrong side of the hill right now. Yeah, and Carolina is right. hoping to get that last drop, squeeze that last drop, good season out of him. Mm-hmm. Like Jones is a number one defenseman, and as Dale Shytown says, he'd be a number one on a lot of teams in the league. There's a few he wouldn't be, but there's a lot more that he would be than he wouldn't be. I think we all often talk about too the impact of narratives. And when he who shall not be named gave up Boquist and a first and then paid him all this money, like it was it was an overpayment. And that completely took it. People took that and combined it with the player and the analysis of the player, which isn't fair. Yes. I mean, you should be judged on your salary, right? Are you are you worth what you're making? And that question with Seth Jones is probably not. But it's not egregious. It's not an egregious overpayment. It's the whole package together. And I talked about this last week, and I'm going to bring it up again. Look at Olimata. When the Blackhawks signed Olimata, they were a laughing stock. Now, two years, three years later, Steve Eiserman does the same thing, and it's this genius move, right? Like, yeah. there's just this. You've got to remember that narratives drive a lot of this stuff. And, and, like, despite evidence, people just refuse to see it. Now he sucks. Now he sucks. He's overpaid. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. How come you mentioned the start of the season was a disaster last year for everyone? No one seemed to really rip on Mark Andre Fleury when his game turned around after the first terrible month. in October. He, he was, was awful, awful. Yeah. But no one flipped on Mark Andre Fleury. Why? He's got a pretty smile. Because the narrative on Flurry is great guy, super fun, smart move for the Hawks to bring him in, great. So the performances are judged differently because of how they were acquired, which is somewhat fair. Right. But at the same time, call it like you know, call it as it is. Like Mark Andre Flurry also sucked to start last year, but he was quickly forgiven when his game bounced back. Seth Jones bounced back in a big way in all aspects of the game, and people just would. Eh. No matter how many times during a game, Eddie and Pat would point out a nice play by Seth Jones. Nah. Yeah, well, he should do that. He's paid to do that. Okay, fine. Then, like, what I are we even doing here? 
I don't understand people's obsession with guys getting get, bidding, getting mad at guys who make more than they probably should. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Right. <laughs> if your boss came up to you and wanted to give you a raise that you didn't think you were worth, you're going to say, no, sir, I don't think I'm No, you're going to sign that deal before he comes to his senses and changes <laughs> his mind. Yes. Right. Like, it's just stop getting mad at Seth Jones because the Blackhawks gave up too much to get him and then gave him a little bit too much on his contract. That's not his fault. Yeah. Like, that's not – he did the same thing everybody else would have at their job, taking the big payday regardless if, you, if you're if you worth it or not. So – and listen, the market changes. People thought Corey Crawford was a vastly overpaid goalie, and two years later, his deal looked like a bargain. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Duncan Keith deal when that was first signed. Oh, my God, how do you pay this guy almost $6 million a year? And then two years later, it was like, that's one of the best contracts in the league. So two, three years from now, that nine-point-something million, whatever it is, it might not look as bad. I mean, it still might be what, you know, what you're paying for, but again, not his fault. Can't do anything about that. In two or three years, number one defenseman could be making 11 or $12 million a year, and all of a sudden that might not be as, like, undesirable as it once was or just not going to be that much of a burden as people thought it was stop worrying about the contracts and just realize that you got a pretty darn good defenseman on your team yeah ready edgemont here brings up a good point and we should talk about it. he says jay you're not wrong but the narratives are always about contracts i remember how everything turned on siebes after he signed his contract ultimately with where the hawks are going overpays are not a problem now since we are more of a cap floor team than a ceiling team like we used to be i think the seabrook thing is different because Seabrook's deal was signed as the decline was clearly underway. Seth Jones yeah. is in his prime and will be for the next three or four years. And then in three or four years, as the cap goes up, that number becomes a lot more manageable. And he's still going to be a pretty effective player at that age, right? Seabrook was already like, oh, we're looking at the last few years of Brent Seabrook. And then they sign him to this massive deal. And it's like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. You're paying for past performance, which is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. With Seth Jones, with Seth Jones, you can project he's gonna be a pretty damn good defenseman for the next three, four, five years. So it's to me, I see what you're saying, and and I think, you know, theoretically, you're correct. Like contracts do dictate how we analyze deals, but you're paying for a guy who is at least gonna plateau, right? He he may not get a, a lot better, but I don't think Seth Jones is gonna decline anytime soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, and 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 look, he had his second highest point total this past season since the 2017 of his career, and his highest was the 2017-18 season in which he had 57 points and finished fourth in Norris voting. He did that while playing the same amount of games and and shooting at a 2.6 shooting percentage and playing the most time per game of his career. So you look at it and it's just like just from a from a statistical standpoint he's he was playing the most he had the he had the most responsibility he's had in his career uh since you know since being with Nashville and Columbus he scored the second most points of his career and had almost the worst shooting percentage of his career. So it's just like you look at everything that he meant to the team and everything he did it's just like for a guy who is who is a upper tier defenseman and a guy who is a number one on most teams to have that kind of output. I mean, yeah, he's not, he's, he's paid the same as kill McCarr. He's not going to be uh, playing, playing the same as kill McCarr, but he played as a number one and he's likely going to be that kind of player for the next few years. And then, yeah, as, as, as you guys say, 
down the road, that contract shouldn't take up as much percentage of, of the cap as it does right now because the number is going to go up. And we're expecting, as Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly has said uh, recently, that that like major jump in the salary cap might actually be ahead of schedule. So it's just like you look at it from that perspective of, oh, he's overpaid. Well, th- that's not going to hurt as much as, as, as it might right now. And his play is not, theoretically, is not going to decline for the next two, three, four seasons. Seth Jones will likely be the number one on this team and play as such for those next two, three, four seasons before who knows might might take over that position. Yep. That's it. it, It's this is going to be a story that the Seth Jones things will be a story for until his career is over. I just hope people can instead of being mad about it, just take some time and enjoy that. You've got a really good player playing on your right. team. All right. We're 20 minutes in and we've done one question. So let's go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have we got next from the discord? Steven says, which prospect should the fan base be most hyped for this season? Okay. So this season, I think really the only answer is, is uh, Lucas Reichel. Yeah. And I think, yeah, cause he's really going to be the only one that's going to get a lot of NHL time outside of maybe a defenseman or two, but yeah. Yeah. The most important guy this season will be Lucas Reichel and, and how he develops either, you know, playing in the AHL and then jumping to the NHL or starting the year and staying in the NHL. We'll you know see what happens, but yeah, he's this season. He is the most important uh, prospect as far as development and, and how he progresses the rest of them. They, they, they might have big years this year, which would be great, but the most important right now this season is, is Reichel. Let's expand sure. it then. Who are you guys most excited of all the prospects in the Hawk system? Who are you most excited to see? And why is it Frank Nazar? <laughs> I mean, it might be. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like of all the prospects that aren't like in already in the AHL or like on their path to the NHL, like Nazar to me seems like the most uh, most intriguing. Uh, the guy I, I'll try and I'll probably end up being paying attention to the most just because the expectations I think for him and, and, and the, the, you know, projected path his development could take. Uh, and you know, if he reaches his ceiling, what he might be, it's very exciting. So I think he's, you know, he's an exciting player. He's going to be, uh, you know, people are going to be able to see him a lot at Michigan this year. Uh, and be interesting to see what, uh, what he does. Yeah, outside of the pro ranks, the the prospect I'm most uh, excited or looking forward to watching his season is Drew Camesso, the goalie, just because of how important of a prospect he is. Yeah. He's obviously the guy that the Hawks have tabbed as our top goalie prospect, and I want to see him take that next jump. Last year was a really good year for him. I mean, just being invited to all those international tournaments. Chris Peters told us right before the World Juniors in August, the fact that Drew Camesso is not on this team takes them out of gold medal contention, and that proved to be 100% accurate. Now, it wasn't Mm -hmm. the only reason they didn't get any medals, but it played a factor uh, in that elimination game. He's the guy I want to see take that next step and dominate at the college level so we can get excited about it. Like goaltenders are such a weird developmental arc. And even if he has a huge year, that doesn't mean it's still not going to be three or four years before we see him in Chicago. But that's a guy I want to progress. And just even after getting to talk to him at prospect camp, he's a guy that you're like, okay, I really like, I like him as a person and I want to see him do good. I want to see Drew Camesso do good for the Blackhawks, but I want to see Drew Camesso do good for Drew Camesso because he's a good kid. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know what else I'm excited about? 
the undefeated Bears. Football is right around the corner, <laughs> and PointsBet Sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. So from now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from noon to 1 p.m. Central. Sign up for PointsBet right now using the code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss this chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not all. Make a $51 or more first-time deposit, and you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That gets you into our Discord so you get priority on Mailbag Monday. It gets you all of our free web content, and you'll even get that free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. So download the PointsBet app today. Use the code CHGO when you sign up to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Speaking of points bet and the Bears, Mm -hmm. if you uh, listened to us on Thursday and took our advice for the points bet pick of the week, Mm -hmm. you have added some some cash, Ola, to your uh, points bet account as we... There. I there believe that's three points play of the weeks in a yeah, row. That's we called are, a streak, my friends. We are we and the Bears are three and zero oh in their last three games. I didn't do any. So. Of them, but <laughs> well, we're gonna be I'll screwed this week because there's no Bears preseason game to bet the under on. But stay <laughs> oh, tuned. Boy. We'll come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Keep that. We'll uh, we'll keep that rolling. We'll see what we got uh, on Thursday for our. Uh, we're going for four in a row. Let's do but, it. But uh, to keep the good things rolling. Uh, tell you guys a little bit about Owen, spelled O-W-Y-N, standing for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy, thus making them more easily digestible. And speaking of the Bears, you may have heard about Owen from Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who also follows a plant-based diet. I mean, if there's any more indication that Owen is what you guys need, it's that Justin Fields has led the Bears to a perfect three and zero preseason. Uh, right now, chugged Owen in, in uh, before the game last week. Oh yeah, he he's he's got it. He's got out, it in man. his back pocket. <laughs> After every every play, takes a little swig, just gives him gives him that nutrition that works just as hard as he is. Owen and CHGO are partnering up right now to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the promo code CHGO20. Again, that's liveowen.com. Use the promo code CHGO20 and you get 20% off of your first purchase. So be like Justin Fields. Try Owen. Again, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. All right, what do we got next, Steven? Who's on on deck? I think we got one more from the Discord before we get to, uh, here we go, McBacon. Here's one. Who will replace Kane and Taves and all those commercials when they leave at the deadline? <laughs> Is Seth, Seth Jones going to be the guy getting endorsements? <laughs> I'm not even going to buy your Chevy because that Seth Jones guy sucks. <laughs> I don't want to drive what Seth does, Jones drives. <laughs> does, does, does Seth Jones even have like the personality for something like that? Like He seems very. So. He seems a little more reserved. To do again, you won't. There's not really anything that Kane or Taze did to sell those let's cars. Not, they let's, just let's not. Taze like, ran one a, into a guardrail. Does that count as selling right, a car? No, that, no was see, that the now, Chevy that, or was that? That wasn't else? the Chevy. That no, was that not was the not, Chevy. That right. was not the Chevy. See, if he was driven the Chevy, he never would have hit. He the would have been. Rail, he would have been totally fine. Yeah, I believe right. it was an L track. It was yes. Yeah, on Lake Street. 
But let's let's not pretend that like Patrick Kane is Mr. Personality or Jonathan Taves either. Like those guys aren't exactly like, you know, well, yeah. They don't have bundles of charisma overflowing, you know. Bundles of charisma. I think I saw them open up for the Counting Crows uh, yeah. once. Um it, it, jokingly, I mean, I'm looking forward, and maybe not jokingly, I'm really looking forward to like 2026 when it's Frank Nazar and Connor Bedard selling everything. That would be That's fun. fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Can we have endorsers? Are they even, old, are they even old enough to drive cars yet? Can they get those? <laughs> I think so. When I get my learner's permit, I'm getting a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drafting a movie theater kid from The Simpsons, apparently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's maybe they go to Dennis Savard until someone a little more uh, Chelios, uh, Chelios, Troy yeah. Murray might get some now that he's on TV. Patrick Sharp. Look, if, yeah, I was gonna say if you stuff. need to sell anything this season, you put Patrick Sharp's face. You just on put it. Patrick Sharp's face, and <laughs> sales will go up. Just yeah. have him standing there with the wind, you know, with a fan blowing his hair around a little bit. There I'm buying. Go. I don't yeah, know about you, but I'll I'll, like, I'm. My put, credit card is out. Put him in a Hardee's commercial where he's seductively eating a hamburger on the back of a Chevy <laughs> and you could just do a double dip. There you go. Uh, Chris points out that hungry. Marcus Kruger had a Mazda commercial. Zoom, yeah. zoom. Yeah, That's those true. are good. Those Me are too. Great. True. On that radio, too. That was radio, yeah. Right. Where you couldn't uh, couldn't put um, subtitles to understand what he was yeah. saying either. That was a bold <laughs> uh, Nicholas Jalmerson and his IKEA endorsement. Yep. By the way, was that re- was was that it, real? It wasn't an endorsement. No, it was like it, it was, was a, it was a Hawks it, campaign to meet the players. Yeah, they like yeah. Okay, I was so, gonna say, was that real? So here's a story I learned this weekend, uh, somewhat Hawks related. Uh, I went to my friend Jill's wedding, and her husband Ron. He's like the most interesting man in the world. And I found out years ago he worked for IKEA and would like paint the signs for the sale ads in the mm. IKEA font that they use, like to identify their furniture, is Ron's font. He invented that font. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Wow. Is yeah. it called Ron's? Is it called Ron's font? <laughs> Ron's font. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like something like a, they'd like sell. A, like an umulet over it. Is that how you say it? Umulet? Umulot? Umlai? Umlot. Umlot. Yeah, they put yeah. one of those over over it so it uh, fits in at Ikea. But yeah. Yeah, it's I a think story I bought a Ron's weekend. Fascinating. I bought a Ron's font for my living. That is interesting. Yeah. For a second, I thought you meant your friend Jill married the Dosecchi's guy, which would be cool too. But uh, That would be cool. But no, I don't think you can. I don't think you can put a ring on the Dosecchi's guy. He's too interesting to be tied down. True, true. I'd love yeah, to he, see Lucas Reichel do some commercials. I look. He, he's a. Uh, he's got a good personality. He seems on board to do a lot of stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Good-looking kid. You know, young, marketable. He'll be here for a while. The language barrier might be a thing, but his English is pretty damn good. His English is good. He's he sounds. He sounds like Arnold. Yeah. Like too bad yeah. the Hofbrau house closed in Rosemont. That would have been the perfect uh, deal for him. Yeah. Come eat sausages. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's next? What do we got next? Steven. Fire it next up. up from Twitter. I understand why the NHL network wouldn't put. Do you guys think uh, we already had this conversation? Will he be top 20 next year with a new structure is kind of the different question. So Mm. do we expect him to? Well, I think he's just going to improve because, yes, he's not playing for a moron. And uh, I do think he'll (laughs) shoot better than 2.5%. So the people who go like this to analyze players, he sucks. We'll see better numbers and we'll uh, determine yeah. that Seth Jones is a better player. So yeah, I, I would think imagine he, that, yes. I think if he finished with 12 goals instead of five last year, he's probably on that top 20 list. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I'd like to believe Luke Richardson's uh, coaching style and strategy and just 
I, I, I like to believe that that's going to have a positive impact on the entire team, every player. Definitely. So, so yes. we'll see. Absolutely. All right. What do we got, Steven? All right. If we consider the 2010, 2013, and 2015 playoffs, this is from Raphael. Which goal or game drove each of you crazy? It's really hard. <laughs> but everything that happened in game five against Nashville in 2010 is absolutely unbelievable. Empty net goal by 88 and Hosa coming out of the box to score the game winning goal. Yeah. Raphael, that is a great one because that game until Kane tied it sucked. Mm-hmm. The Hawks were playing terribly. Nothing was going their way. They couldn't control the puck. I don't know if the ice was bad or what was going on, but they just looked stuck in mud that game. And somehow, like like you said, miraculously, they win that game and everything changes. But I think that was the one for me. I was pulling my hair out in that game. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. Yeah, I remember that's when I still had my season tickets. And I remember like talking like there was a TV timeout, like three minutes to go. And we were talking to the season tickets holders in our section that were sitting next to us and behind us. And we were like shaking our hands saying, well, we may not see each other again until yeah. next fall. Have a good summer because the Hawks were about to go down three, two going back to Nashville. And we were all like, this might be our last game. Mm-hmm. And then Kaner ties it. And of course, Hosa t- uh, scores the winner. We know how that goes. Um, I still, um, I can predict a thunderstorm because my left knee, I'm pretty sure I blew out my, uh, my ACL jumping when Hosa scored that. I did not stick the landing as well as I should have. So it still hurts to this day, but worth it. Um, you know, other goals from that, those three runs that to that stick out. I mean, obviously the host says the the good one. I mean, the Caner in Philadelphia. I mean, how do you forget that? Um, the one for me that I really did it was the Duncan Keith 2015 in game six against Tampa, Tampa at yeah. home. I, yeah. I had never heard that building louder uh, in my life uh, until CM Punk showed up uh, last August, <laughs> but other but didn't count. There were more people there because they had people on the, on the floor, but right. uh, that goal, because that game was tense <clears throat> and you felt like it wasn't that previous, it wasn't that long before that uh, Crawford denied Stamkos on a breakaway. And then a few minutes later, Ke- and you kind of felt like, the pressure valve get released in the mm-hmm. whole building. People got looser. It was very tight. And and when they went up one, nothing in the way Corey Crawford was playing, you kind of were like, that's it. That's, that's it. We're going to do this. And, and they did. Kane scored that late one to seal the deal, but that's one of my most memorable goals from those three years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so many Seabrook winning in Detroit is still my favorite moment of the dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, just for everything yeah. it symbolized for longtime Hawks fans. And he's the guy to do it against that team and that circumstance. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there, there's, <laughs> man, the Keith <laughs> one too, like for as many games as he played, it feels like that's the only goal like that he ever scored where he like found himself yeah. in a slot, had like a one-on-one with the goalie that almost never happened. Yeah. I was just surprised he, he found a shin slap, pad or he'd slap pass it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just it was awesome like that that keith goal where he just you, you're watching on tv and it's like holy there's Duncan keith with you know a one-on-one with the goalie that almost never happens yeah and uh and he buried it and it's man yeah it's it feels like a lifetime ago doesn't it <sighs> yes Kinda it does <laughs> no but it really I mean, yeah, though, you know? 2020 to 2022 was only two years but it was like 13 uh 
it felt like so yeah it's been a long two years yeah i i would say i remember um out you know the ones that everyone remembers you know game five in nashville all of kane's overtime heroics and all that stuff um one of the ones i always remember is i believe it was the game that went into or was flirting with four overtimes and it was marcus krueger kind of scoring similarly to how Hosa did in the uh, in the 2010 game five game where, you know, the puck just kind of bounces right to him at, at the at the side of the net and he and he and he scores. I think that was the long like fourth longest uh, playoff game or something like that in like all NHL history and uh, like the longest in Blackhawks history. Like I, I remember watching that game. It was like uh, I'm pretty sure that was against the Ducks. It was already a West Coast start because it, mm-hmm. it was in Anaheim and it was like, I don't know, two, th- almost three in the morning, something like that. Uh, and, and being able to, to watch that and, and see Kruger of all people score the o- o- overtime yeah. winner. That's one that I always remember. And uh, surfing duck says the, the Shaw header as well. Uh, that was in that same game too. Like the goal that should, that, that should have counted. I mean, just based off of ru- rules aside, just off of yeah. how cool that goal would have been if it counted. <laughs> and let's not forget should have counted. Ben Eager has a game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup final. Yes, he, he does. does. Bit of a spike, yeah, too. A, yeah, that was a that was a talk about your unexpected uh, game-winning goal scorers. That guy, that guy's right up there. Uh, Absolutely, so cool. And yes, the Ben Smith goal uh, in 2011 is a lot of fun. I always loved. My favorite tweet after Ben Smith would score would always be, "You can't spell Ben Smith without B E S T." <laughs> I was at that game. That was crazy. That was also when he broke Luongo. Where, well, with, with the penalty shot. No, it was Schneider. Luongo oh, didn't yes. start that game, and they like remember they buried Luongo in the locker room. Like he wasn't on the bench because the Hawks were in his head. Schneider starts. Freleek rips his groin apart on a breakaway on a penalty shot goal. Then Luongo has to come in. And then mm-hmm. the UC was up for grabs then, man, because yep, they were remember just, that. Oh, they were all over him. And uh, man, what a tandem that was, by the way. <laughs> Schneider, yeah. Schneider and both those guys in their primes. Damn. It's amazing they did not win a cup. Yeah. You ran so into a they... buzzsaw known as the Hawks, my friends. That's <laughs> but they happens. slayed that dragon and then ca- choked and against Boston. Happened. They tore their yeah. city apart. All right, let's go. We got two more from Twitter, then we'll get to some of the ones from the chat. This one's from Landon. If the Hawks managed to select first overall in 2023, along with adding most likely another first round pick with the Kaner trade rumors, where do you think the Hawks prospect pool will rank in the next few years? I'm currently thinking top five. Oh, this is no roids, just rage. Hey, man, what's up? Uh, oh, nice. If they get Bedard and the, and another first for Kane and whatever, and the ones they've got from Tampa, I think top five easy. If it's Bedard, they could shoot to number one. Well, I mean, it depends on, on, on what you go by as far as like prospect rankings, but like with, with the athletics, uh, Corey Promen and Scott Wheeler, the way that they have the Blackhawks, they, they improved from what was it? 23 to 12. Yeah. Just, just from last year to this year now. Yeah. If they add Bedard and, and, and you see some progression from, from Lucas Reichel and they have, you know, at, at least another first round pick, maybe two more first round picks in the 23 draft. Um, yeah, you're, you're within the top 10, probably flirting top five and, and you might be able to do that just with adding Connor Bedard. So that's the goal. That's the goal of this season is to, is to be in that, uh, Bedard sweepstakes. 
I think even if you miss out on Bedard, you get two or three. Any one of those guys shoots you up along with the tip pick from Tampa. And if you get a third, you know, if you go back to back drafts with three first round picks, I mean, you're going to be close to the top five, if not top five, regardless if it's, if it's counter Bedard or not. Hopefully, all things go right. Lucas Reichel is not well. I guess he would he still be if he plays the full season in the NHL? Do you still consider him a prospect? I don't know how they, well, yeah, they I, rank the one, those or not. The but, one problem but, put out today had Kirby Doc and uh, Cole Caulfield in it. He just did the prospects under well, under he did that was he did, under twenty three. Yeah, he did under twenty three. There's no, no like games restrictions or yeah. anything like that. But they're, the prospect pool is definitely heading in the right direction. And another solid draft gets you where you want to be. And then you got to consider, you know, what do the guys from the 2021 class do this upcoming season? And the 2022 class, where do they, how yeah. do they progress? And how much closer are they to the NHL? But they are definitely going to be a top five prospect system within the next year or two. I have little doubt about that. Let's just jump to Narfin's question here. Is Bedard considered to be one of those guys that jumps uh, right to the NHL out of the draft or does he yes. need AHL time? Yes. Yeah, the thought yes. would be that he yes. would join the Hawks right away. He, 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 would, yes. he, would, he, would go, he would go nowhere but the NHL. It doesn't matter He's, who picks him. No Arizona, matter who drafts him, he is Chicago. in the opening night lineup. Yes, 100%. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Next season. He's an NHLer. And then uh, sort of on the same thing, Stephen, I know I'm jumping around here, but in the chat uh, we have a question from Nate who says, what will the Hawks do with Kane and Taves' $21 million next season? Don't forget six more million from uh, Athanasiu and Domi. I think they're going to wait till that 2024 free agency class comes. If they get Bedard, it's, it's a little it's bit different, easy. and they might look to add to compete a little sooner. Um, but that that 24 free agent class is loaded, loaded. And I think as and you if you look have at- Bedard as a as that carrot to get guys here, yes. you'd be like, hey, Austin Matthews, we got Connor Bedard, we got Frank Sinar, Nazar coming, we've got all these kids coming and look at how much cap space we got. Yeah. I don't see them blowing. I see them basically getting to the floor next season and pocketing that cap space for when it's needed for when you're ready to compete. Uh, save it. That 2024 free agency class is like a hall of fame wing. I mean, there's some amazing players available. So you save it yeah. that. So you get to the cap floor. You do exactly what you did this year. You get guys that you're looking to trade. Yep. That, so you don't you don't go crazy with it. Um, you, you you save that for a rainy day. Yeah, and again, I think getting Bedard specifically might change that a little bit. They might look to add, but um, let's cross that bridge when we get there because a lot of things need yeah, to happen between now and then. Problem. But that accelerates everything. And then starting the rebuild a year earlier by trading to Brinkett and Doc at this draft looks a whole lot smarter too because now you've already got a jump start on all those prospects you brought in with those trades and the one you picked up from Razik, and things are starting to really look good in a hurry. Uh, even if it's Fantilli or, or Mitchkov, who knows how what things will be by then uh, in terms of Russia, um, you're still looking at a pretty a pretty significant jump in your yeah. in your prospect pool and your uh, window to compete. So we'll see. There's there, a lot has to happen, but. Uh, they're in really good position right now as they're currently constructed, especially without Phil Kessel to make him a playoff team. All right, what's next, Steven? I know we got a couple more from Twitter. There. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> My question, this comes from John. He says, have any of the three of you said something negative about the Hawks that caused a backlash from a player or a coach? <laughs> Not yet. There's always tomorrow. Uh, I'm trying. I had a. Uh, I had an interesting... Uh, I had an interesting uh, 
I want to call it incident, but an interesting interaction with uh, with Dennis Gilbert in the AHL at, at uh, not well, wouldn't have been last year, might have been two years ago, but um, it was it was it was a lackluster game with uh, for the Ice Hogs. Uh, I think it was a I think it was uh, they were playing one of the bottom bottom teams in the league. Should have been a, a game that they they probably would have won, and. Um, I asked, uh, I asked about, you know, it, it must've been like, it was something like, it was like game three of three in, in three nights or something like that. And, um, just saying like, you know, I, it was something like along the lines of like, Oh, did the, you know, did the fatigue set in? Like, you know, it, it seemed like you guys were, were a little, a little slow, a little, uh, you know, hard, hard to get up for the game or something like that. And, and Gilbert, uh, he, he, Colleton was, was coaching at this time. So this was, this is, I guess a few years ago, but, um, he, he, Colleton was talking to somebody behind me, like to the side and he kind of nods his head. He goes, he goes, what did he say? And I said, well, he said, you guys were, you guys were, uh, uh, what was it? I know the story would be a lot better if I remember <laughs> remember the exact quotes. He said something. Colleton said something along the lines of like they they didn't come ready to play, and I like verbatim was just like he said you guys didn't want to play, and, and Gilbert like doesn't look at me but kind of like side eyes Colleton, and that for for like a second or two, and then goes and goes and answers the question, and I was just like, ooh, did I? <laughs> Interesting. But it wasn't directed at me, but it was just like, I was like, oh, should I not have like, but I mean, he's, he said what he said. So I was just like, well, that's, that's what he said. So yeah, it was, it was very interesting. And for a person like me, who is five foot nine talking to Dennis Gilbert after a, after a frustrating loss, who is a, a, a larger human being, mm-hmm. it was a little intimidating for him to kind of like, you saw his, his mood change a little bit. I was just like, Okay, well, let me ask my next question. Yeah, why are you so handsome, Dennis? Uh, a lot of <laughs> many have been asking, uh, why are you so good looking? Yeah, uh, yeah. I have I, not gotten in trouble with a player. <sighs> I don't think so. I the only thing is, I was one of the first people to have the nail Yakupov trade that Edmonton got pissed about and then canceled because it leaked. Mm. Um, which was a bullet dodge for he who shall not be named. And then remember, they ended up trading him to the Blues instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The I guess the Oilers got mad at me. If that counts, I don't know <laughs> how that worked. I feel like there was something with oh, Let's there was something little. last year. Like Calvin DeHaan tweeted something like, "Sorry, fans, I'm back." And I was like, "Who hates Calvin DeHaan?" And then he tweeted no, me I like, that, "Oh no, I'm kidding." <laughs> that was more of everybody thought he was going to be yeah. picked by Seattle in the expansion draft. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But I was like, wait, because he apologized to the fans for being back and. <laughs> and I said, who hates Calvin DeHaan? And he's like, no, no, I'm kidding. No one hates me. So yeah. I think the only player that actually got mad at me, um, and I and I think uh, talking to other people that have covered him over the years, it wasn't necessarily anything I did. The guy's just miserable. Um, and that's Daniel Carr, uh, former AHL MVP when he was with the Wolves. I had asked a question during their 2019 Calder Cup final run. I don't even remember what the thing was. It was more of like they they played the first round against Grand Rapids, who was a super physical team, and then there then the next round was against Iowa, who wasn't as physical. And I and I asked the question as a team. I says, "Is it a bit of a relief? So you guys aren't playing so physical this round?" And his his answer was like, "What you saying? I can't play physical?" I was like, "All right, dude, I'm walking away. You're, you're a clown." <laughs> um, I said. 
Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like listen to the question next time, and then maybe not yell at me. And mm. the only other t- players that I like just never felt comfortable talking to, not necessarily made them mad. They were just not. And here's a shocker: Brendan Peary. I couldn't stand anytime he would come out of either the Wolves or the Ice Hogs locker room because you knew you would just he he always acted like he had someplace other anywhere else he'd rather be than talking mm. to you. And then I had a very uncomfortable interview once with goaltender Garrett Sparks to, to the point where after the interview was over, I, I told uh, Lindsay, the former Wolves PR guy, going, I will not be asking for him ever again. So you can tell him he's off the hook. Mm. I, You know what? I just thought of one. Uh, one of my first days covering the Hawks uh, unpaid for the score, um, I was in the locker room at a, like a media scrum, and the very, very heel of my shoe was on the very, very edge of the Blackhawks logo carpet, and James Wisniewski gave me a like a forearm shiver in the back, not like a hard one, but just like a nudge. He's like, "You're on the you're on the fucking carpet." I'm like, "It's on the floor." This is like, first of all, yeah. At the yeah. time, I didn't. I was like, "Okay, sure, Mister Wisniewski." You know, I got to, I was freaked out, but like that whole thing. If you don't want people walking on the on the logo, don't take it, it, on off the don't it on the floor. Here's a good spot. Put it on the ceiling. No yeah, one's ever going to walk on it up there. Say, most locker room renovations now, it's all it's all on the ceiling. Uh, by the way, how does the cleaning staff vacuum said logo uh, if they're not allowed to walk on it? Just well, like, nobody yeah, steps on it. It doesn't need to be vacuumed. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't need to clean it. Extended it's vacuum arm. Just goes They've like got this feet. super powerful vacuum that hovers over yeah. it, so they don't actually have. It's like the the the. Uh, the spaceship from Spaceballs. It just it gets it. <laughs> Mega Maid. Yeah. Mega Maid. That's yeah. it. I couldn't think of it. All right. Hey, and if you do like yeah, yeah, there you go. that Chicago Blackhawks logo and you would like it like on your chest or on your pants or on a hat, uh, not on the floor because that's just asinine. Don't go visit floor. our friends <laughs> at FOCO because they will get you fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has got you covered from the United Center to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Fall sports are just around the corner, so get decked out like your favorite Blackhawk player who will be traded before the deadline from your uh, apparel leader in sports, merch, and collectibles, FOCO. If you're looking for that perfect gift for the hockey fan in your life, FOCO has got you covered with the hoodies to keep you warm when you're sitting really close to the glass this year because you got yourself a good deal on the secondary market. So go check out our our friends over at FOCO, F-O-C-O.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, after you scroll down and hit that like button, smash that like button. There's a link in the description. You can click on that and we'll take you right there. Check out everything they got from all Chicago sports teams. And an added bonus, just because we love our CHGO listeners, you can save 10% on all pre-sale items by using the promo code CHGO at checkout. So check it out, FOCO, F-O-C-O.com. All right, we got one here in the chat from Ganja Man. Uh, was that really Caner at the airport? <laughs> I missed all of this. You, you texted in our group text. I didn't see. All right. I don't, and I didn't even bother to look it up because I know Someone it's silly. Someone tagged us. And it was a picture of Patrick Kane at the airport with his Hawks bag and his stick and all the stuff. It said Patrick mm-hmm. Kane spotted O'Hare, yada yada yada. A.M. at this gate. Possible destinations are. Look, everybody, take a deep breath. Okay, yeah. we can't do this all year. The hockey season preseason starts in six weeks. Patrick Kane going somewhere. 
before the preseason begins, before training camp opens, is not a story. Yes, he had his hockey gear with him. He's probably going to continue working out while he's on whatever trip he's taking. The Belfry Hockey Academy uh, camp is starting up around this time of year. Might not have been there day one. Maybe he's going halfway through. He's Patrick Effing Kane. He can go whenever he wants. He could, <laughs> Here, he's not, yeah. if Patrick Kane was traded, he's not going to be at the airport with his Blackhawks bags for you to photograph before any of before the news gets out. anybody knows about it. Of yeah. Course. Come on. My only question is, uh, was he sitting next to Tim Anderson on this flight? I don't know. I don't know. But it was just him. He was in the horses. Um, tell me in like the drop off zone. The drop zone is for the the red zone. Yeah, the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I think you know all visual indications are that it probably was Patrick Kane, but also it wasn't the clearest picture. I mean, yeah, he's got some hair coming out the back of his hat. It's a it's a Blackhawks bag. It's uh, you know the, uh, the the Bauer Vapor X sticks that he uses. It's likely him. He had a shirt on also, that said "I am Patrick Kane." Yeah, he was wearing his Patrick Kane jersey. <laughs> you know. was his passport was hanging out of his back yeah. pocket. You could clearly see it was him. Breaking yeah. news: Rich NHL hockey player goes on trip before season starts. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking I mean, at the photo now. I just sent it to uh, and this guy. Um, his name, Matvey Michkov, by the way. Uh, that's oh, his username. Good, good. Patrick Kane spotted at O'Hare International Airport, parentheses, ORD, being dropped off at Terminal 2, 8.28 to 2.30 p.m. Central. Departures out of Terminal 2 from 3 to 5 include destination cities, Montreal, Toronto, Minneapolis, Boston, and New York. It's like, He's going what? to the wild, everybody. Confirmed. <laughs> Patrick Kane uh, going to the wild. It's so fun. Jesus. We're in well, he wasn't in the international tournament terminal, so he's not going to Edmonton. Chuckle Mucko says that tweet was tongue in cheek. It might have been, but it was Probably. either way. I'm sure it's, it was. If, if it was funny, knowing the it user, uh, PK Bruban, yeah, it totally was <laughs> tongue in cheek. Not meant to be taken serious, but unfortunately, that type of humor gets lost on 75% of the internet and they take it. It's not the, the the original tweet that's the problem. It's the reaction to that tweet where all of a sudden people need to be like, hey, guys, is this true? Yes, Patrick Kane left somewhere to Look, go somewhere. He'll be back. It's okay. It could be tongue in cheek, sure. But if you're doing a if you're doing a, a set, a satirical uh, tweet or whatever you're doing, why are you tagging Elliot Friedman and Frank Saravalli? What are you, are you are you trying to bring this to their attention? Are you trying to? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's get a couple in from the. Uh, this is gonna be a long season, guys. We wrap up. Yes, yeah, it's gonna be a long many, season. Many reasons. <laughs> uh, we should get a we should get a a, a beard meter before the season starts, so we have an action like how much gray is in our here our beard oh, at opening day, and then see yeah. how much gray is. I mean, mine is already almost full. Mar, you're probably going to win just because, but I mean, you've got other factors. You've got yeah. a, 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 an infant at home that's going to cause a lot of that. She's too, starting. But... She's starting to crawl all over everything, and we got to baby proof. Well, this the gray hairs place. are going up as we yeah. speak. Then apparently, yeah. but we should do some sort of like I always like like they have what like when a president they show you the picture of a president when he takes <laughs> office and when he leaves <laughs> office. It's only yeah. been four years, but he's aged like thirty. We should yeah. do that for us this season and see how it takes their toll if it takes oh, years off our lives and I, the way i look at it is those last years at the end of the life i don't want those anyway you can have them yeah <laughs> so bring it on bring on the bad hockey all right narfin says uh with the newest addition in this offseason out of those players who are you most interested in seeing in a hawks uniform personally i'm interested in domi because he wants to play for richardson uh i i kind of i want to know what calvin blackwell is all about 
Um, I don't, I don't have a great feel for him. Um, I know it's a two year deal, so they may be looking at him as a longer term piece to the team. Um, I feel like I know less about him than anyone else that's on the team. So he has my interest. Um, but yeah, I think I'm excited to see what Domi can do with top six minutes. And again, they should absolutely trade him, but I don't know. He's, he's a, he's a player that's always been interesting for one reason or another. Yeah, I think he'll he'll have uh, an interesting few months with this team. Um, Athanasiu as well. I mean, they're both in the same boat, same contract, um, and and likely same outcome. Like you're going to get flipped to a contending team um, at the at the trade deadline. But yeah, I mean, if they if they provide some some interesting moments, all the better. Um, kind of interested to see what what version of Peter Mrazek we get from night to night. Um, is it going to be, you know, the, the, the guy that, that showed flashes of being, uh, a, a starting quality goaltender for contenders, or is it going to be the guy that literally couldn't take the ice for the, for the Maple Leafs, uh, last season for one reason or another. So, um, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I don't, it's hard in a re- and it's hard in a rebuild in a tank season to say like, I don't want these guys to have success, but like, and I don't wish ill on any player, but like, it's, it's kind of just like, I kind of hope he's, he's what we're expecting him to be. And just is, is like, just not good enough and, and go from there. But you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see the kind of uh season he has in net. Yeah. And, and one quick note on Blackwell, I got to cover him a bunch in the AHL. He was with the Milwaukee Admirals for quite a while. I think Hawks fans, he'll be a, a popular player amongst Haw- Hawks fans. Good guy. And he's that grindy fourth line, third line guy will will get dirty in front of the net. Yeah. You know, the blue collar player in Chicago. Those are that's what we <laughs> like here. So uh he'll be a fan uh, a fan favorite. I'm interested in Anthony CU because he's just one of those guys that forever you've been waiting, you've been hearing yeah. about how fast he is and how good he is. And this guy is he's he's a top prospect for the wings. He's leading the rebuild there and it just never worked out. So I'm interested in to see him obviously I've seen him play before but never on a day to day basis. So I'm interested to see uh, you know, why is it that he hasn't been able to really live up to that potential? Is it something, you know, just not the right fits, blah, blah, blah. So that that's kind of the intriguing for me is to watch him play uh, every day um, until he's on some other team. All right, last one of the show, and thanks everybody for the great questions, comes from Sam. Is there any chance they trade Taves and Kane at the deadline and then resign them next year? Wouldn't that be the high-level move? I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't necessarily dismiss that. It seems like it almost never happens that way. Yeah, that rarely yeah. ever happens. Um, but if there's ever a situation where it could, it would be, I would imagine, Kane more than Taves. But I yeah, I wouldn't rule anything out, but I think there's part of them that might be looking forward to just beginning the next era and not having to worry about it. And, yeah, both those guys are still good players, but like, it might just be time to start the next generation of Blackhawks and – if they go be great somewhere else, so be it. You know, um, I don't know. It's interesting. The money's going to matter. You know, if if John if Patrick King is like, I'm going to come play here for five million. Great. Yeah. <laughs> come on. You know what I mean? Right. Awesome. Come on back. We'll keep your apartment clean for you while you're gone for a couple months, and come on back. But I, it just seems like that gets talked about a lot, but rarely ever happens. Yeah, where a it guy doesn't gets, happen. Are any? I'm trying to think. The only time I really remember it, once in hockey, because Anton Vermette went and re-signed with the Coyotes yeah, after the yeah. Hawks got him in 2015, but that's not mm-hmm. like... The only other, like, 
big time player I remember that happening to was in baseball when Araldis Chapman went back to the Yankees following winning the World Series with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. The Yankees traded him here uh, for Gleyber Torres, who we were told we just that was a stupid trade and mm, not so much. Uh, and that could. Gets me to make fun of uh, Araldis Chapman. Did you see how he ended up on the IL? Uh, stupid sports injuries. This could be a, a top shelf Tuesday. Oh boy, he is on the down. ten day uh, injured list for the Yankees because he has uh, an infection on his leg because he didn't properly keep a new tattoo cleaned. Oh jeez, <laughs> what a dope! <laughs> oh no, how would you get a tattoo could- mid season? Well, you know, we we've known from various I mean, stories if you have... about him. He's not the world's smartest guy and kind of a yeah. dunderhead. So uh, yeah, you just hate to see it. You really hate to see it. <laughs> you do. Jeez. I mean, if you have if you have some days off, I guess. You could. I don't have like one you yet. couldn't wait three know. more. You couldn't wait, you know, six more weeks to get it when the season was over. But whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. it just doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, I, I sure it can happen to answer the question, but it's unlikely. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't bet. You're you're also at that point factoring in the 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 idea that both of them then would be in the open market, and if you know for for a guy like Patrick Kane, is he thinking, oh, okay, I'll go back to Chicago at let's say nine million, or I can go sign wherever I want. And a team's going to give me $12 million and I might have a, or, or whatever, you know, a significantly higher number and have a better chance at actually competing continuously for a Stanley cup over that time. Or am I going to go back to Chicago because of sentimental reasons and endure the rebuild that I thought I was escaping? I don't know. That's why I think it's, it seems, it seems very unlikely, Yeah. but with Kane more than Taze, I could see if you're, if you're, shot in the dark maybe it'll happen i see it with kane more than taze i feel like once taze is gone from chicago he might either just that might be it or he might be gone from hockey uh in in a plain sense who knows i think too that's why you know both guys are just sort of waiting to see how this goes this year right like if luke richardson's a solid coach and if lucas reichel takes a jump and you see you're going to get a really solid draft pick because you'll have a pretty good idea you know, by the deadline, like how bad the Hawks really are um, yeah. and see who's come up, who's made an impact. Like, I don't know. You never know. There, th- this is going to be the story the whole effing year. Yep. So yep. get ready we'll for it. We'll be covering rehashing both this subject multiple, multiple times until something is done. Yep. No doubt. All right. Let's wrap things up uh, while we still have power. We're good. I've looked up and had a couple like lightning flashes right outside my window. So let's quit while we're ahead and while we're alive. Uh, Thanks everybody for tuning in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We want to thank Steven for producing reminder, couple programming notes tomorrow. We'll be talking about our experience tomorrow morning, painting the United center ice. It's going to be great fun. It'll be top shelf Tuesday, Wednesday, new wolves head coach Brock Sheehan, We'll be in studio with us in our West Loop studios. And then Thursday, we'll talk to Corey Pronman from The Athletic about some of the Blackhawks' prospects. So a big week of shows ahead as the preseason inches ever closer. Reminder, sign up for that points bet app. Use the promo code CHGO when you do, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.